That's big trivia for Sammy Virgie fans out there. Not tonight. You're not on the list. Hello, I'm Conor McLoon and welcome to season two of the You're Not On The List podcast produced weekly for Rewind That Track. On this podcast, we interview, dive deep and take a journey into the lives of those in the music industry. Everything from backstage to onstage, we're here to chat to the people that make up the scene. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you very much for checking it out. If you haven't already, can you hit that follow button on Spotify or Apple Music? And can you give us a five-star rating if you enjoy the series? For season two, we're going further and uploading parts of the interviews to the YouTube channel the weekend after it's released on audio. So if you want to see the interview, head over to the Rewind That Track YouTube page. My guest this week is a DJ and producer spearheading the UKG and New Garage movement. It's Sammy Virgie. During this episode, we discuss what it's like to have your music in FIFA 22 and featured in UK films. Mate, I was there. Someone was like, oh yeah, Rio Ferdinand's standing behind you. I was like, nah, he isn't. It's Dizzy Rascal in the, in the other corner. Dizzy like, was there as well. Mate, all these people. How much of an impact set times and lineup order can have on the crowd? And then another memorable moment was one of the most just soul-destroying things. <laughs> Why he takes over 2,000 tunes to each set he goes to. I'd say like two, two and a half thousand, maybe 3,000. Fuck, that's way more than what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Oh shit, no way. And how he goes about naming his music. Yeah, one of them, one of them's like bumpy, bumpy guitar boy. Like I'm not going to call, <laughs> I'm not going to call nah, the you've tune got You've got it now, B-O-I. <laughs> it's got to be bumpy guitar boy. I honestly, I really be. struggle for tune names. This week is a DJ and producer spearheading the UKG and UK-based movement. He's held a residency at the prestigious Rinse FM, played two UK tours around the country, performed at the likes of Outlook Festival, SW4, Keep Hush and Warehouse Project. It's Sammy Virgie. Good pop, evening, pop, mate. Pop. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm very well, man. I'm very well. <laughs> Full disclosure, it's, uh, it's mid-January at the moment. Um, I'm doing dry yeah. January. I am uh, as well. Yes. I am oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. How are you finding it? All right. I've been to the pub three times and <sighs> just had a pint of orange juice. That's and that's you're a bigger man than me. It's going well. It's I've going a, well. That's sick. I've not I've not actually put myself in that situation where yeah. I'm where I'm having that temptation there. So for you to go to the pub three times and be like, yeah. that's right. Was it? Yeah. Uh, what, it what was is it tough with the, sometimes, but um, was it with the boys or was it like? Yeah. Uh, was there an event? Yeah. Yeah. Just just meet a couple of mates, but. Yeah. Um, and nobody's like peer pressuring you and being like, have a drink, well, have a drink. Well, he did. Last night he got me a pint and I just said, nah. Still turn uh, it down. Good yeah, lads. Yeah, yeah. Good lads. Yeah. That's I'm what we like to I'm going to stick to it. What I'm going to find difficult though is doing gigs without drinking because I, I think I've only done it once ever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll see how that goes. But Yeah. If you've, uh, I mean, full disclosure, what we were chatting about before this, um, we had uh, Kajama on the on the podcast before and he was mentioning about how he um, plays now just full stone cold sober yeah, he does, all the time. Because he, he, he drives up for it as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, that was the big yeah. thing that was a big revelation. That I didn't really know too many DJs. Number one, yeah. I don't know too many DJs that DJ just sober, like you said. Most people, when they start learning out to DJ or performing yeah. live or stuff like that, have a couple of drinks, you know, get a little bit of that liquid courage in there. Yeah. Like, and then you sort of, uh, if you're mixing together. But um, have you ever any, had any sort of like nightmare situations whilst buying drunk? Um, not, nothing too bad. Just like 
seeing videos the next day of like me getting on the mic. And one of those yeah, ones. Just, just, just like, ah, oh, <laughs> so cringy. Yeah, we're seeing the bars like, come out after oh, a couple no, of drinks. It was Leeds just before Christmas. I was playing Leeds and it was like a kind of boiler room setting, like everyone was around. Yeah. And then I was actually, I just, I don't know, I didn't feel that drunk then, but I woke up the next day, I was like, fucking hell, like I actually drank quite a lot. Yeah. And then and I just see a video of me just going, Soo! into the mic. <laughs> I, I done it. <laughs> I did it Not so many bars. times. <laughs> <laughs> I did it so many times as well. Oh, oh that's Sorry. funny. Why have I not seen any of this? Oh, that would be I, sick I, I, did up, I, I did upload a little clip of it to Instagram because it was funny, but... Um, that's original. I thought you were going to say, like, you get a little bit of, like, you get drinking there and you start spitting some bars or you're giving the old, like, oggy, nah. oggy, oggy, or, oh, like, oh, really? Nah, oh, man. <laughs> it's I really hope the, I never do that. With the Ronaldo chance um, yeah. at the rave. Do you know what? I've yeah. never heard that yet. That might be setting a trend. That could yeah. be setting a trend going yeah. forward. There were quite a few at Warehouse Project, actually. I were thought they? people were booing me. I was like, I just kept hearing, boo, boo. Well, I they were saying Sue. Yeah, they were saying Sue because before I, before I jumped on the decks, I, I fucking did it. <laughs> I did a Sue for no reason. <laughs> My man likes football. My man absolutely likes football before the yeah. set. I suppose it gets the, uh, I suppose it, well, like football crowds have a, uh, a big energy to them, don't they? Yeah. So if you're transferring yeah. that energy into the rave, it's only going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's only going to be good. It is a um, funny celebration. Yeah. That is a. Uh, I'm gonna go look for videos now after this after this recording. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to see it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to see it. That'll be uh, that'll be jokes. Yeah. So for people that um for people that are listening or for people that are watching, if anyone's watching it on YouTube as well, that might not have sort of seen you play before, uh, or might not have like listened to your tracks before, it's a, probably a difficult thing to do. But what would you class yourself as? There, as I said in the U, like at the, in the opening, I'd sort of said like UKG or UK bass. Would you mm-hmm. sort of put yourself into one genre, or for people listening that might not have listened to your music before, would you? Would you sort of like spread it out and sort of like keep yourself quite open-minded? Yeah. I, I, I think the one thing that remains consistent in my tunes is like um, swingy drums. And that comes from it. That's like influenced by Garage massively. Mm. But then it's I, I, I make bassy stuff as well. Um, so it's kind of a mixture of, of the two. Mm. Sometimes it'll be melodic. Sometimes it'll be quite bassy. But I make other stuff as well. I make... Um, we're making all sorts like housey stuff, dubstep or whatever. Yeah. So you're yeah. not going to pigeon. Yeah. You wouldn't pigeonhole yourself into sort of saying, like, oh, I just strictly make yeah. this type of music or I strictly make yeah. that type of music out there. Yeah. 100%. Um, where does sort of like the, uh, what was sort of like your earliest influences or earliest interactions with like live music or like producing music? Like where do you sort of get your well, um, inspiration from? My, my dad's a musician. So um, since I can remember, I've just been piano guitar I used to be obsessed with guitar I used to play all the time See. and then but one one thing I noticed was um I, n- I never like had lessons if I wanted to learn a tune I'd go and listen to the tune and then work it out and then I'd also make my own stuff up even f- obviously it was dead because <laughs> I was six but <laughs> still like at that age get, get, like developing in yeah uh, an ear for melody and like making my own stuff and that's always what I've done when you were six you could listen to a tune and work out sort of what the chords were maybe maybe not when I was six but um I I don't know no maybe a bit a bit older yeah you know like maybe like 10 or something but I I remember I used to um I mean it wouldn't be anything complicated it wouldn't be like any any jazz chords or anything like that but uh yeah (laughs) 
Interesting. Noel Gallagher uh, did that to uh, like obviously Noel Gallagher from Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds and Oasis and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he broke his ankle at one point and he was signed off work for like three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. And uh, he picked. That's the first time he picked up a guitar and he was listening to like Joy Division. Uh, was listening to Joy Division in Manchester and was literally like copying the bass, like you've just said there, listening yeah. to it and like playing along and like trying mm. to work out the bass and stuff like that. So it's interesting yeah. that you were. Uh, that you went in from there and then like you said so your dad's a musician as well yeah and then so were you having like a lot of music around the house like when you were younger and he was like like trying to sort of push not yeah. push music onto you but like well, introduce no, you it, it wasn't really that because I, I didn't live with him but when i when he come around like we, we had a piano so i think it's just hit, having him there as a musician mm. like made me want to be a musician i guess mm. he he also produces music it's, it's like a he he's a jazz musician like jazz funk soul yeah that sort of stuff and then when i was like 12 or something i went around and sort of had a piss around on logic on his computer yeah. when i got used to go around his house and that's when i started making like that's when i like like dubstep and stuff like that okay so i started making some dead tunes <laughs> but it was a start anyway so like who, what type of stuff were you trying to copy like what sort of real are we talking here is this uh, sort of like Casper Roscoe style yeah, like that yeah. sort of 2009-ish yeah yeah it was it was yeah. that maybe a bit earlier to be honest because like I got Scream's first album nice and then um, someone gave me Rinse 06 mixed by Plastigian nice and that had uh, oh, it had um like Rhythm and Gash, Spyro remix, like some, yeah, yeah. some grimy ones in there and stuff like that. So I guess that sort of area. And then, and then I tried making some dove stuff and it was shit. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. So, and then sort of, have you stuck with um, Logic? So for people listening that might yeah. not know what Logic is, that's obviously a music production program like on the uh, yeah. on Mac and on Apple. Um, and then is that what you've stuck with since then? Yeah, I can't use Ableton. That just that doesn't make sense. No Ableton's, no Fruity Loops, <laughs> or FL, nothing like that. FL yeah. just doesn't yeah, yeah, make yeah, yeah. sense to me at all. So straight in with a uh, straight in with logic there, and yeah. then sort of how did the um? So you're producing around sort of like 2009, early sort of like instrumentals, listening to dubstepy bits, listening to early grind bits, and then um, how does it sort of transition into number one? Sort of like what was the first sort of DJ gig and DJ set and like first decks and stuff like that that you picked up, and then number two, how did you sort of move more into that sort of garagey sound then? So when I was about 13, 14, and I started getting started you doing the doing music production more and more, um, I started to like sort of EDM-y stuff. Not not what we know is it not what we know of it now, but back then. And then I started looking at vi videos of like Tomorrowland and stuff like that. Started becoming of course, of course those mad stages, like but, seeing the massive light. Um, do you remember there was like a stage with like a face that was yeah, like a tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah that lit yeah, up yeah. and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I used to, what I used to do with all my music even though I didn't have decks or anything, I used to put it in keys, organize it in folders. That's interesting. Um, and then I used to make mixes, but I didn't have decks, so it would be a, a matter of like dragging and dropping the tunes into Logic. I wouldn't be able to change the BPM, so the, yeah. the transitions would be really rough, but then they'd be in key. Yeah. And actually sounded all right. Um, and then it wasn't until I was 16 that I got a pair of Newmark Mixtrack Pro 2. 
of course, mate. That is featured on this podcast literally, yeah. for, I think, six times. We're up to accounts six yeah, times. Yeah, that yeah. is the uh, that is the foundation for a lot of producers. I have one as well. I think I got my first one first year at uni, so it'd have been about two thousand thirteen. Yeah. That is the uh, that is the pinnacle of um, starting off people mixing, starting off producing. Like I said, it was on the last one, about one hundred and sixty quid when it originally. I think yeah, when it came yeah, out, it roughly around that, that. that. <clears throat> piece of plastic that you could literally throw in your bag, chuck around. It sort of survived everything. Yeah, um, just basically yeah. treble. I did a lot of um, school parties with that. Nice, and, uh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, and That's then, good. Um, um, and so it's interesting actually you say there about like doing your early mixes on on uh, programs like because I, I was it probably wasn't until I was a little bit later that I realised that you could mix like mixes on like uh, music production programs. I don't know if you ever listened to it when you were younger, but it's one of the first things that I got introduced to with like mixing and DJing and music was a Annie Max mini mix on BBC Radio 1. Yeah, that's what I used to do. I used to do mini mixes. Yeah. So like, I remember like literally being like nine or like eight or like, and listening to like, I think like Shawnee B was one of the first ones I remember listening to clips. I remember that one back in the day. I remember a DJ Snake one that I used to listen to Yeah, 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 there was a DJ. I think that was slightly later. That must've been about like 2011-ish, I reckon. Um, yeah. But I remember thinking like before I had the knowledge of like how they were doing this, thinking like how many turntables has this artist or DJ like got going on the go at the moment? Yeah, or, like, yeah. How many CDJs <laughs> and they got plugged in? Because you would hear. I, I think, think that as well. Yeah. <laughs> like you had like Zinc and you had a load of these other people that would do like the most insane mixes really, really quick. Yeah, and I was yeah. thinking like this, like what's going on? Like the only person that I know that can sort of mix like that quickly what's in that modern drum, times drum would be like season. AMC. Andy C, or if you've ever seen Jag Skills, like mix multi-genres like all together like crazy um, on his like Serato yeah. um, vinyl decks as well. But I do remember being like nine and thinking like, this is wizardry. Like what is going on here? Yeah. There's like people mixing so many tunes together and different genres. So it's interesting that you were picking that up straight away from like Logic and basically like doing your own mini yeah. mixes um, direct on the program. Not tonight. You're not on the list. Hi, this is Sammy Virgie and you're listening to the You're Not On The List podcast for Rewind That Track. So when you were doing your first sets, like we've picked up your mix track pro 2 you're doing sets at school obviously popular uh getting the uh getting the dj sets in and getting them able to like play out and stuff like that what were some of the um what were sort of some of the earliest memories that you've got at like these sets or like what was it that you thought like you know what actually um i'm sort of doing all right here like i'm getting a good crowd reaction like there's something going on here well i, I don't know it was that 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 was different because i was you know i did, did a few parties just playing playing to my mates and that um but I think when I went to uni, when I got a proper DJ set, I don't know. I felt that's when I started to realise that, uh, you know, it's kind of going well. Yeah. Um, what were you doing at uni? What was I studying? Yeah. Uh, biology. Biology. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which university did you go to? Newcastle. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Sick. I, I was, so Newcastle, um, you've got obviously digital up there as a nightclub. You got a couple of the other. Um, what else is sort yeah. of big up in nightclub? You got uh, digital. So like my my second home, I'd say, is world world headquarters, which yes. is like um, it's like a like a nice dark club and yeah, that was that's a good place and it's cosmic as well. Yeah, yeah, that was which it. Yeah, wicked, yeah, yeah. Um, and biology as well. So there's no sort of a. Uh, yeah, there's no gonna, sort of like music my, production. My or plan like was a, my plan was do biology and then do a post grad in medicine. Nice. <laughs> and I'm just so so glad I didn't do that because yeah, um, I mean I never really I, I never really wanted to do that. I've, I've yeah. always been um, like secretly deep down. I've always wanted to do music. How just out of interest then? Why 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 did you not go down the um, the music route at university? I was probably the bottom of my class i didn't care about anything i was being taught and i was djing like five 
four or five times a week. Okay. Uh, it was me and me and Yemi, who's who's also a garage producer. So we started out DJing together, and then as as like a secondary job. Obviously, it was a bit slow at first, but mm. then I'd say like towards the end of first year, we we were playing all the time, um, and getting paid for it like a, a little bit of money. Yeah, I just used to, you know, going out every night. Like I'm not going to get up for my nine a.m.s and. I did. I just didn't. I just didn't like the course either. I thought it was really boring and yeah, just uninteresting. I and so, know. thankfully, obviously, like you said, yeah. you're you're honing your craft, managing to uh, get out, uh, get uh, get get into clubs, get into venues, yeah. Yeah. Um, and getting out there, getting your name out there as well. Obviously, building up the socials. I'm assuming as well at the same time. I did. I didn't get Instagram for a long time. I only got Instagram like in what in in my third year. Okay. Yeah, I, oh, right. I never actually, I never actually finished biology. I actually dropped out in third year. Okay, to go and, then, and do music. Fantastic. And was that like you mean when you say go and do music? Do you mean like you were just sort of like right? I've got a bit of a, uh, I've got a bit of ground here now that I can sort of produce and I can also play out. I'm getting enough yeah. money to sort of have like generate like enough income to be able to like sustain this really. Yeah, what it was it was like it was when my production started getting noticed, and then I was then I did start getting bookings in like Sheffield and places like that and then before I knew it it was kind of like every every weekend I was getting a booking and I was like I can either do this I I wouldn't have been able to do biology or that Mm. and I was like realistically this is what I want to do and it's always what I've wanted to do so Mm. I just dropped it basically what was the uh, so what was the tipping point for you to drop out of uni was it like you suddenly had like six months worth of like uh, of bookings like booked up and you were like you know what I can in this off or was like you were you unhappy at uni and you were suddenly yeah, like I was, this I is was, making me happy I was unhappy at uni yeah yeah um, it's just it was just such an obvious choice and I, I do have student loan to pay back but it was completely worth it because mm. I got all of the DJ experience and I met loads of people and so it was a hundred percent worth it but yeah 100 yeah. percent, mate and then talking of uh obviously like you said yeah you've got a lot of bookings coming in you've had a lot of bookings we've seen you mentioned in the intro all of the festivals all the events all the uh the brands and stuff you played for and then recently announced your XOY debut down in london coming yeah. up soon yeah how's that one come around uh it's just that it was it's dj zinc's residency so mm-hmm. um yes yeah, it's, it's good that you got me on uh yeah yeah. What do you think? Have you been to XOI before? Nah, never been. Never you not? Oh, it's no. a good club. It is a good club. I've been down there a couple of times myself for, um, for Andy C's residency when he had it there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's, a, it's like a good mid-sized club. It's not massive like we were talking about before there. Like it's not yeah. warehouse project levels, but I feel like sometimes, like, what are your thoughts on, I know, you'd, well, it's up to you if you answer this or not. Uh, what are your yeah. thoughts on sort of, do you prefer massive, big, huge venues like sort of warehouse project your print works your stuff like that or do you prefer the more intimate sort of shows definitely the more intimate shows yeah go on why definitely uh because you can look people in the eye and you you like you don't give them the option to not have a good time like yeah you ha- like you, you have a good time like do you know yeah. what i mean whereas if it's a massive show then it's like you feel a bit isolated you feel disconnected from the audience. Yeah, disconnected. Yeah. That's it. I was, I was going to bring up as well. You're a very positive and smiley and energetic performer, <laughs> is what I would say. There's Thank a video you. we've had one before, and I've, I've fuck knows how many times I've watched it because it gets it literally gets me so gassed. It's the video that Isaac took of you at Peer Jam where you've just dropped the um, oh, yeah, the, the remix. Uh, um, of, yeah, uh, the, the, the 
hip hop drum bass. Yeah, one. the Dead Prez remix. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you are so happy and so energy. And you can hear someone in the back. I'm assuming it's Isaac. Go wheel yeah. it, wheel it, wheel it. And um, and I've I've, I've, like, I've watched you keep hush uh, a lot of sets yeah. and stuff as well. You are a smiley individual, high <laughs> energy, and I feel like like you said, if you've got a smaller venue and a smaller club the audience will feed off of that energy and obviously that's, we'll it, yeah, that's exactly it that's exactly it there's I, nothing but worse also, than, but i've got to go say on. like a big a big um festival show and mm. if everyone is really up for it that is also i mean also nothing can beat that as well mm. um but yeah the small intimate ones are just really good i think I feel like um, there's nothing worse than when you, well, it's not, it's not nothing worse. Like I know some people purposely are like super serious, like that probably like going to like be like, I can't, I can't be too vibey or stuff like that. But like you said, if you, if they see the DJ or the artist or that getting gassed themselves, like getting high energy, big smiles and like jumping around and stuff, there's no way they're going to stand still like and just be like, well, mm. I'm not moving. Like it just, mm. it, they definitely feed off of whatever you are, whatever you are. Sort of I feed off. off, I feed off them. So like yeah. just sometimes, one big loop. It's just sometimes one big loop. There, are, there is a dead crowd and I'll just be there like, yeah <laughs> just really like not not into it but i usually am because usually the crowd's good but that um that peer jam one was a was a good learning thing for me because i was doing an hour and a half set yeah playing before holy goof and then after drum and bass to a, cr- <laughs> to a crowd who no one knew who i was so i started playing you know 130 like uk garage or mm. whatever i was playing and I could see some guy in the crowd do this to me, like because I've just been listening to drum and bass, and you're bringing yeah, it back down. Like, to sort it, of, like, yeah, I was getting, uh, it was nasty, and I'm I'm a sensitive boy, right? Oh, <laughs> so I was, I was, it did, like I, it really like cut deep, and I was like, oh no, uh, what do head. I do? Yeah. What do I do? And then um, I built I built the crowd up, yeah, and I was able to get myself out of it, and then that's I think why I was so gassed in that video. That was that final release of being like, yes, 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 yes. Do you know what? That makes that video so much better now, mate, as well. I was gassed off of it anyway. Um, But knowing that now behind it and knowing there's a bit of a story. Success can be measured in different ways by different people. Having your music put into one of the world's most popular video games is probably a good indicator, though. I spoke to Sammy about having his featured in FIFA. Another thing that I was going to touch on as well, because you're a very unique person to have on the podcasts. Uh, you've got a you've got an accolade to your name, which is which is very very rare for artists. I feel like, um, especially I would say electronic artists even more so. So one of the few people that can say that they've got their music on uh, FIFA. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's how, kind like, of a mad story. It's, it's, you gotta how, ask me how, how how they get on there. I don't know. I, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. And I didn't. I wasn't told. I, I looked at the list of tracks. I was like, oh, cool. Like, oh, cool. Baklava's on there. Oh, Aluna is on there. Yeah. Oh, I did a remix for Aluna, but it just said Aluna. And then and then so, I get a message from someone saying, oh, your tune's on FIFA. And I was like, no, it's not, mate. He's like, no, nah, it is. I, I looked at the track list carefully and it was like, Body Pump, Aluna, it's like Sammy Virgie remix. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And the reason I wasn't told was because 
I'd signed the publishing over when I did the remix. Right, okay. So it was the original label that owned it, so they can basically do whatever they want with it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's just crazy. That is crazy. Uh, you've got to be very gassed. I mean, I'm uh, assuming you play. I'm assuming you play FIFA. I do. I do play FIFA. I've had to put my PlayStation away because I need to. Like, I just get too angry when I play FIFA. Oh, really? Honestly. One of those ones. I just. I've had to put it away. Like it's dry jam. You know, yeah. Do do some music. Put my PlayStation away. That's very sensible uh, of you, mate. Do you feel like you get a little? Uh, if you've been playing, do you feel like you get a little boost, little thing? If if you're playing and your tune comes on. And yeah. it's on the game. Do you feel like yeah. you're like, right, come on, let's let's yeah, get this yeah, in there. Let's get this sorted. I do, I do, I do. It is it's, it gets me every time I hear it. I'm yeah. like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, mate. There's 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 not many artists in the world, let alone like electronic artists. Cause you remember like back in the day, sort of like FIFA, FIFA 10, 11, 12, you had a lot of indie bangers and stuff on there and they started to sort yeah. of branch out. And and now obviously, like I said, you're getting electronic music, you're getting uh, lots of different variety of music on there, which yeah. is um which is fantastic. So we were gonna touch on as well as as well as FIFA, you've got your music in films. As well, yeah. It's Corrupt like, FM. Yeah. People just do yeah. nothing. How did that come about? Again, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's not informing you about this. Nah, no, I don't know anything. I, I don't know anything. They they wanted the, the tune of the film, so they messaged people that the people. That. Are we talking your management? Or are we talking sort my, of like your my management, my distribution? Yeah. So uh, it was on Kiwi Records. So mm. the people that do the distribution for Kiwi. Um, so for people that aren't aware, that's Conductor's label, isn't it? Conductor, yeah. uh, UK garage artist. And yeah. like I said, another person that's sort of spearheading, spearheading the UKG movement yeah. and uh, spearheading like the new wave of like UKG movement. So sorry, yeah. Yeah, it came out on uh, his label. Yeah. And um, yeah, basically they, they, they were like, oh, they want the tune for the film. I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. And then they realised because the the tune's got a sample in, so mm. we needed to message that the samples from like a flute playing at the beginning of a rock tune. Um, it's whip it for for those of who who don't know the tune. What's but the yeah. sample? Like, what's the rock tune that it samples? Oh, I, I can't remember the name of the actual yeah. tune, but um, basically we needed to get someone to replay it, replay the sample. So mm. they replayed the sample, sent me the original thing, and I did. It, everything to that sped it up and basically remade the tune. So if you listen on Spotify, it actually sounds a little bit different to what Interesting. it did before. Like okay. a tiny bit different. Okay. Um, that's big that's yeah. big uh, that's big trivia for Sammy Virgie fans out there. Yeah. Some 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 people have clocked, but a lot of people haven't noticed. Wow. Yeah. That means you have got some like big diehard fans if they're going, is that a different yeah. flute that's being in uh, yeah, yeah, intro? Yeah. And you're like, yes it is. Well yeah. done. You're on my top fans list. <laughs> to me it sounds completely different, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. But yeah. uh, it's worth it to to have it on the on the film. When I yeah, saw it at oh. the cinema, so I went to the I went to the premiere, the corrupt film premiere. Did you get made... invited because your um, tune was on the uh, on yeah. the on the film? Yeah. Well, I, I think conductor sort of invited me as well yeah. because um, he's sort of in that in that London crew and sort of knows all these famous people. But mate, I was there, <laughs> and then someone was like. Oh yeah, Rio Ferdinand standing behind you. I was like, nah, he isn't. He is. Like, yeah, he is. I fucking, like Rio Ferdinand was literally right there. <laughs> Dizzy Rascal in, in the other corner. Dizzy like, was there as well, mate. All these people. It was. I just you, felt so out of place. I was like, what you? am I doing here? Yeah. Like, oh, mate. But, yeah, it's um, me and my girlfriend were just like, what are we doing here? That's sick, though. That yeah, is sick. It was sick. Um, and and the, the, the tune was like. At a, it's like the climax of the of the film, so it was pretty... Where was it? In the, I've seen the film, but I've, I've I've only seen it once, so I can't really remember this. It's right, right at the end, mm. 
pretty much right at the end when, when the karaoke like when they're playing. Yeah, 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 yeah that's it. Right, okay, so anyone listening, um, yeah, it's a uh, yeah, right at the end of the mm. film uh, when mm. they're in the karaoke room. I don't want to give too much away and stuff like that, but we're all having a party and uh, yeah, um, that's sick. So like you said there again, uh, a tune that was that was on a big massive piece of uh, media that you were like, oh, I didn't know this until the I didn't know this until the time, but it's uh, it's 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 uh, good stuff, mate. It's not that you could I suppose choose, but like what if you could choose? Would you like your music to be featured in or on we're talking like well uh, i suppose the only way you can maybe go from that would be like an advert like a t- oh, uh, TV that would be cool actually yeah that would be really cool yeah um yeah an advert would be cool maybe yeah. like a maybe like, like a tv theme or something like a, a tv like a, theme what for yeah. a show that's yeah, even bigger yeah, that's even cool. bigger <laughs> the distribution rights for that you'd be yeah, going mad oh you'd be God. getting that mad that, that prs well, would be coming in <laughs> thick and fast on, honestly i haven't having a tune on fifa is pretty much a box i didn't think i'd ever tech so uh, it's very it was, unique it is very unique there's not many people um because yes, obviously there'll be yeah i mean like, i don't know I, for, for me what, anyway because i've because i've played fifa like all, all my life so mm. so it's pretty mad nice mate nice yeah. um yeah i mean like yeah there, there'll be people now that will just to clarify which fifa is it fifa 22 22 it's, the, so. it's, it's like it's it's kind of split up into two parts of the game so what used to be fifa street i don't know if you ever played that um, uh, I did. It's kind of got a section of the game called Volta, which is kind of FIFA Street side of it, and that's where mm. you get all of the sort of garage, you know, like the AJ Tracy tunes and the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. tune. That's so it's on that. Fantastic! The There'll be people listening to this yeah. now, going through, searching for it, searching for it. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is uh, which is sick. I want to talk about your branding, mate, um, because you've got quite a. Uh, a quite distinctive branding, I'd say, sort of like on socials, um, sort of the logo and stuff like that. How does that sort of come around? Like, how do you sort of decide on branding? Like, for example, like you're like, I think one of the first times I thought like, oh, this is, this is Sammy Virgie's branding was like your 10K mix. I think that was like when you did um, like the uh, cartoon stuff. Yeah. Sort of like the, the bubble font, sort of like the cartoony type it's stuff on like that. So it's, um, it's, it's my mate Liam, who, who I used to live with. He just did, he just does does a lot of art and he, he does artwork and stuff so i just said gonna do some stuff for me and then just sort of kept doing that because i do like i do love that sort of fun style i guess i think it complements your like i said it complements your energy when you're playing and it complements your sound as well it all fits mm. very well together where you are i've got that high energy fun sort of like positive like you said the mm. bouncy drums the ukg style of stuff it is it complements it and brings it all together to be honest thank you that's right, that's right. No, worries. no worries good design good design ideas good design ideas that's what it is um but besides from the point that you said earlier about the guy that gave you the stop playing this um in the rave type thing yeah is there any other section of like a rave or an event that sticks out on your mind it could be positive could be negative but just something that you'll think like i always remember this or like this one i won't ever forget this type of thing like it could be something that was like great or it could be something that you were like oh, fuck. Mm, i've got a few i've got a Go few on. i'll get I'll give you like a good, a, a bad, and a one was a one was a recent one. Yeah, and it was like someone having a someone having a, a fit in the crowd. Okay, I wasn't playing. It was Notion that was playing, okay. and he stopped the music for for what must have been like ten minutes. Yeah, and um, I should. Was this, sorry, was this at Forbidden Forest? No, this was a a bass fest oh, okay. not 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 the news one a bit before that yeah i just thought he did a wicked job of like getting because the crowd was quite jammed so i think mm. um the uh medical team 
were, were struggling to get there and he proper hounded at them was like shouting down the mic but he got it done and the person was fine so oh sick okay so you mean like obviously he did a life. wicked job as in like yeah. yeah as he did like he controlled the audience controlled yeah. so like stopped the yeah. music was like medically yeah. get it through may, it makes me want to do a first aid course in case something like that does happen because it is that's interesting just in case there yeah. is someone at the front and you know i might be able to help. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, mate. Like, so you would obviously because that's um, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to know that you would obviously like stop the set and be like, stop, 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 stop. Like, like yeah. get this person through, get this person through. Like, allow yeah. it because, like you said, um, unfortunately, well, due to loads of reasons, but there have been uh, yeah, some people are, like collapsing at festivals. Like some people, like, I've been there myself. Where like mm. uh, at some events where people have collapsed, um, and it does sort of set the it changes the tone and it changes the uh, the changes the vibe of the room. But obviously, the main thing is making sure that that person's safe and that person. Mm as well and like being looked after and they're getting yeah, medical 100%. treatment type thing so that's something that sticks in your mind is like but, I, 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 but then i've got like i've got i've got a, a, a good like set moment and that is yeah. the side to side um what me and my mate will kind of mc when i made that indiana jones thing we were talking about that before because you got a video of it in amsterdam yeah so that was a, we were chatting before um the podcast record so the first time i met sammy was um backstage at a, a spring break festival in amsterdam um, and I was shooting an after movie for uh, Lengoland actually. I was shooting it for Junior, who's been on the uh, been, been on the podcast before. And um, yeah, it's sort of like the only dance, not dance routine. I don't want to say dance routine, but like um, yeah, it was, in, it was like a thing. It, it sort of was, yeah. Like, it sort of was. Right, dude, I'll see if I've, I've got the video. If I've got the video, I'll put it on the YouTube I'll, video here. The, the one, but, um, the one at Boomtown was unbelievable, and I think it's mm. the best, like the best crowd I've ever seen. Mm. So um, how many people do you think were sort of like doing this at once? Maybe it, what was special about it was it was literally everyone. Like usually when you do it, it's like the the front few, but the, yeah. it was literally everyone. It must have been I don't know, maybe a, maybe a thousand, maybe a bit less, six hundred or something. Yeah, but that was pretty memorable. Not everything in the industry is within your control as an artist. I spoke to Sammy about how roster billing and who you're performing before can impact the crowd. And then another memorable moment was one of the most soul-destroying things. <laughs> I was at a gig and um, I, I was playing after TS7, you know, big baseline guy and I come on and my music's not quite as quite as hype as that so crowd was already kind of difficult and Will Cunning MC was doing the MCing it got to uh, I was I was playing before H as well okay um, and I, I, I kind of soon realised that the whole crowd there was there, to, was see there H. to see H and so everything I was playing was just like it's like baseline and it's just like they just weren't having any of it but I was playing Indiana Jones yeah. and I was like I really hope Will doesn't get the crowd to do the side to side <laughs> thing and then he he goes right when I want <laughs> oh no right when I I want everyone to go this way and then he does this thing and I thought I can't I can't leave him there on his own mm. so I was like right I'm going to throw myself in this so I got up on stage with him to go side to side and we did it oh mate <laughs> Nobody no did one. it. No, no one. one. <laughs> it was, so it's just you two on the front of the stage. Like he was obviously like trying to get the crowd to was, do like go left, right, go left, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It was the and most embarrassing. Just like, nah, bring him on. Oh my, it was the most embarrassing thing, and I don't think I'll ever forget that. 
Is that one of those things where you're like laying there in bed at night and just yeah, before you're about yeah, to go yeah, to sleep, yeah, yeah. your brain just is like, do you remember the time you did that? And it's like, oh, oh man. no, fuck. Is there any video? I mean, I suppose there's no, no, there was no movie, there's no video <laughs> oh, footage. Um, it was awful. It was awful. I mean, fair play to you, mate. Number one, fair play for you to uh, for sticking up for Will as well and being like, nah, you know what? We're in this together. We're in yeah, this together. Yeah. I ain't letting my boy do it um, yeah. by himself. Well, I thought so, that by me getting on stage, I was like gassing myself. I was like, oh yeah, the yeah. crowd must be gas as well. And then like, Oh, it was just, it's just so did you um, did you hang around afterwards or did you have to go like have, take yourself off and be like you know, I was nah, really upset this venue yeah I was I mean, really like you said, upset if you were sensitive after. like you said about the yeah. if you were sensitive about the guy in the crowds um, at Pier Jam yeah. then I yeah. can imagine, mate. That must have been a difficult time for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It must have been a difficult time. But no, there's three. There's three examples there that are uh, all very different examples. Um, mm. What? Because I suppose then the, the the two examples that you gave about sort of um, slightly negative experiences that you've had at the rave were the order in which music and um, and sort of like bookings were. So, like mm. for example, at Pier yeah. Jam, you were playing after drum and bass. Oh, you then yeah. went back down to 130 BPM and had to yeah. build it up. And that's when the crowd was sort of like there. Yeah. And then, for example, there, you were playing before H and it was like, well, fuck, they're all here to see H type thing. So, I haven't got any like, like I haven't got any UK hip hop or drill or anything like that. So, that's not in my set. So, that's not going to be the vibe. Do you think, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you'll probably say, yeah, really important. But do you think that it will impact how a rave works? Or do you think an event will in- be impacted by sort of like the order of artists and like the order of like genres? Because normally, sometimes you think like, okay, it's quite rare that you get multi, unless it's a festival or maybe a New Year's Eve thing. It's quite rare that you will get multi genre to the point of where you're like, like you said there, like yourself, like UKG, a little bit of bass and then going into like hip hop and drill and stuff like that. That's like quite a big, yeah. big difference. Do you think that it should go, it might sound weird, do you think it should go in ascending order of BPM sort of styling and like yeah. harshness and stuff like that? Yeah, I think it should. I think it's really important to how, uh, how good a night is going to be, how successful a night is going to be. Hmm. And I used to be me. Me and Yemi used to be warm up DJs. Like there is an art to it, and hmm. it's the hardest thing to do. And it, like there is a special way of doing it, of doing a really good set without you can shell you can shell a set without with whilst being um, karma. Hmm. You know, like warming up. I think I did Flavor D and um, warmed up for her, but was was playing like garagey ones, but kind of sing alongs, and then. Set the level. She's the headliner. She headlines, and then whoever's on after that m- might be drum and bass or something. And I think mm. that that's a smooth, a smooth transition. Smooth like you transition. said, from I suppose from a couple of perspectives. Number one, you don't want to piss off the headliner necessarily by like or I spoke to a couple of people here before playing their tracks or going like you said like going way too hard, way too early, so the crowd is like yeah amped up, and then the headliner's coming on thinking you've just fucking number one you've you've, you've used all my tracks. Number two, like you've gone way too there, hard. There, there is an argument like a headliner's a headliner, mm. and you you have your chance that you should be allowed to shell if you want to. Mm. I, I get that argument as well, but what I'm what I'm saying is what I'm saying is. You can shell, but also be respectful. Even even when I'm headlining, I will respect the DJ after me. I'll yeah. play. I'll try and bring it down to garage yeah. when I when I finish. Yeah. So they can then take it up from there and a yeah. bit of energy, and then that that whole night runs. Also, as a warm up DJ, I suppose you're thinking I could potentially one day be like a headliner. 
So I don't necessarily want to be the knobhead that like absolutely goes balls to the wall like crazy at the start because if I was a headline one day, I don't want my warm-up DJ to be like, oh, fuck you, I'm not caring whatever you're yeah. playing or whatever you're doing type thing I, like yeah, that. Yeah, I think well. for me as well, like, I, I would wanted to, to impress the the people I was warming up for as well. Yeah. So yeah, I guess doing the best job I could. But yeah. So I, still, I don't, I, you know, I don't... I don't blame people when they do play heavy stuff. As we've discussed with a few of the artists on the podcast before, your USB and music collection is sacred at a set. I spoke to Sammy about how many tunes on average he's taking to a gig. Are you a fan of throwing a, uh, a sort of left field track into, a, into your sets at all? A left field. Yeah, sort of like uh, something that doesn't really fit the bill at all. Like maybe finishing on, say, if you weren't f- passing across, like, like how, a couple screen, of how screen played screen would throw in like Arctic Monkeys at yeah. the end or something like that, or like other sort of acts would, for example. Yeah, I've, I've done um, not not that not that much, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely down for that. I, I do like clubby tunes. Like I played, <laughs> I played um, this. I was talking about that uh, that Leeds night. Yeah. Where I got really drunk. I played um, Riverside, you know, Riverside, motherfucker. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I played it, but it just felt right. Yeah, well, it was on the memory stick, so you must have uh, You must have been... Uh, yeah, I've, you must got, have I've been... got all sorts on there. I've got all yeah. sorts on there. How many um, sort of tunes, if you're going to a set, right, if you're going to a set, you've got your memory stick there. Number one, how many memory sticks are you taking to a set? Are you taking any backups or are you just going with the one and like trust faith? I've got one two, I've got two two one, one as a backup and then I've got two I've got, I've got four you've got four <laughs> I don't quick know why master, quick master yeah, I've yeah. got one and another one and then two of those backups so. I've got four yeah three backups yeah. okay that's good that's organised that's prepared back in the day I used to have CDs yes yeah, <laughs> yeah of course a, my CD um, a little plastic wallet case. yeah yeah CD yeah wallet. absolutely and then just out of interest how many tunes have we got on the air have we, how many tunes have you got on the USB at a time like you said if you were pulling from Riverside must be and, about some 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 of my USBs aren't big enough, so they've got like select playlists. But um, yeah. I'd say like two two and a half thousand, maybe three thousand. Fuck, that's way more than what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Oh shit, no way. Oh, so you yeah, are literally like oh, Jesus. I thought you were going to say like two hundred or something like that when you started. Nah, with that's a lot of music because because I've been organising it since I was since I Jack and House was a massive genre mm-hmm. for me. So since then was like when I started organising USBs. Mm. Um, properly and so that must have been when I was 17 and I'm mm. 20, 25 now so and you've just run all of those tunes through record box like you've basically got them all ready to mix not, if you needed to I, pull yeah I'd, I only got record box recently I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of it I just think okay. it's I like the, how it finds BPM straight away but yeah fair play so two and a half thousand tracks that you're pulling up to every rave with so you are basically yeah. ready for yeah you are sort I of could, uh, yeah I could do a do any set, well, any set, baseline, set. UKG, tech house, um, yeah. like donk, I could, anything. I used to do, I used to do tech house. In fact, this logo is a, is a night in Apex. Newcastle. And that's what I, that was like my first proper main room yeah. uh, set, doing a tech house set. Um, yeah, me absolutely. And, me, me and Emmy used to do all, all genres. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've got no, like, I love tech house and techno. There's a little bit, I feel like there's maybe a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of um, what's the word that I want to use? Not friction, but there's a little bit of um, 
I'm trying to think of oh, my brain's just fucking nah not even beef you know it's, it's there's a little bit of um Tension. antagonism tension i'd say there's a little bit of antagonism maybe a little bit of tension from i would from my perspective and looking at groups and looking at sort of artists and other bit and stuff like that i would say in base communities and baseline specifically i would say that there's a little bit of sort of like a yeah sort of a little bit of tension and and like just antipathy towards towards techno house and techno. Um, I'd say less so with you, Garage because sort of like the the jump between. Yeah. between I, UKG I definitely think and I definitely think of, like bassy stuff like UK bass and drum bass mm. versus oh, actually not maybe more so bass more, more mm. so baseline right versus techno is a thing and I, I I'll be honest techno. I, I'm I'm a music lover. Mm-hmm. And I try and enjoy everything I listen to. And I'm waiting for someone to show me the way of techno. Because I, yeah. I just don't understand it yet. Really? I don't understand it. Oh, mate, I love it. We, uh, the person, uh, well, we've had, uh, we've had we've had Bush Baby, Harry Bushy, Bushy yeah. uh, on the podcast yeah. before. And we were yeah, actually chatting about his, his alias. Yeah, his alias yeah. and his transition I love, from... I love his stuff, though, but I think that's just because I appreciate him as a... Hmm. And I'm, not, I'm not saying all techno like I listen to some techno tunes and I love it but hmm. I yeah I, I need someone to, to really sit me down and explain to me why it's good and then when I, when I can get my <laughs> <laughs> when I can get my brain into it and I can enjoy it but I, 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 do you know what I feel like if you need someone to explain <laughs> you need someone to explain to you why it's good I feel like it's not for you maybe mate I feel like nah, it's not for I, you <laughs> it's, it, it has to come from the art doesn't it you don't, my, my you ears don't pick up when I listen to right. it but okay, fair play. I, I don't listen to enough of it so that's yeah. my problem Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. You haven't you haven't experienced enough yeah, of it yeah. uh, to I'll, be able to. Yeah. To, Next time to, I come on, I'll fucking have four thousand tunes. And he will. You would have done a set a of Burgoyne. Yeah. Uh, it'll be full black attire all the time, um, wearing <laughs> shades constantly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, out just out doing a season in Berlin. Yeah, you'll be out there, yeah, mate. Yeah, you'll be yeah. out there. So we've had Isaac on the podcast before, Isaac Reader, mm-hmm. as uh, just uh, as an interviewee. Um, obviously, his his partner is. Uh, uh, I want I want to say partner. I don't think they're engaged, are they? No, not yet. Jasmine, All right? So Jasmine is your manager. <laughs> yeah. What um, what is a like? How do you know it's the right time to sort of have management? I'm needing to do this now, or I'm needing to have this now. I sort of need to get a manager, or I would appreciate having a manager. I didn't. I didn't look for a manager. I was actually pretty like, oh, I can do this on my own. I'm enjoy- mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm enjoying making music and put- uploading it to SoundCloud like for free download and yeah, getting some some bookings and stuff like that for for you know playing for a hundred hundred fifty pound or something yeah and um, Jasmine Jasmine I think added me on Facebook and wanted to have a ring and then she was just like you. It's basically said you're hopeless. You don't know anything about the music industry. You need someone sorry, which was true. Which it was true. It was completely true. And so yeah. like, that was it, basically. Yeah, that was it from there. And uh, yeah. So because we've had some people on the podcast before as well talk about it, and they've also echoed that like don't necessarily look for a manager. A management will most likely look for yeah. you when you're at the right level and, 100%, and when you're yeah. ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and then sort of like from a from a I mean you can be as open and honest as you, as you want about this. So what what does like a manager do for you? That, so obviously like looking on you, if anybody that was to look at your socials, you see like I've got booking agent, 
manager distribution. Now, for people that aren't in the music industry or people that might not be well as where they might not know necessarily the differences between sort of like what a booking agent does versus what a manager does. Would you be able to sort of like just give a little bit of background or detail in your personal experience, <clears throat> what the difference between a booking agent does and a manager does? So I think like it's it's kind of it kind of differs with people, but for me, Jasmine's sort of like the link to to the agents. She'll get me the deal with the agents in a way, sort of a career director mm -hmm. are going to release this at this time and then do this. Oh, I don't think you should take that show because of this. Mm. I think good thing about Jasmine is um, emotional support. Sometimes, you know, as a as a producer, as doing this job, it's really easy to get in, inside your own head. Or, yeah. Um, like having writer's block is is actually really hard, and you, you think like, oh, I'm gonna fail. I'm never gonna be able able to make a tune again. And uh, yeah, having that emotional support is really important as well. Do you know what? That's nice because we've. Well, just from personal experience and chatting to a couple of people before, there's, there's some people that I'm aware of where their manager is not necessarily the the emotional support there and is more very, very, very business and money focused and will sort of mm -hmm. utilize artists and acts and stuff like that as a yeah. as a as an income, um, rather than as, as sort of like a human being. So it's nice that you've got that you've got that relationship with Jasmine where oh, yeah, like you can you can it's it's not necessarily just business focused. Um there is sort of like that care there as well from like a mental health perspective and yeah, from like 100%. a um, the other side as well, which is fantastic, man. Yeah. Which is really, really, really great, and it's uh, it's obviously nice and healthy to see that in the industry and to see that um, yeah. just sort of like yeah, in, in general life, realistically. Not tonight. You're not on the list. Hi, this is Sammy Virgie, and you're listening to the You're Not on the List podcast. Rewind that track as well. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. You you might want to answer it. You might not. Um, uh, don't don't feel too nervous, and you haven't got to mention names. But if I was just if I was to ask you, what's the maddest thing you've seen backstage? Um, during your career and during your time producing and DJing and playing live, what would you say is? I was speaking to Elliot Young, the photographer. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's gonna. He was and on the, he was the last that interview that I did. It's literally just a room full of guys in black t-shirts talking about <laughs> talking about Ableton and stuff like that. Because it literally <laughs> is that you just you just sat there with your drink talking about nerdy nerdy shit. And yeah, that's that's literally it. It's nice though. It is really nice speaking to other nerds about the thing that you're nerdy about. Mm. Would you class yourself as a nerd? Absolutely. Biggest yeah. nerd. The biggest nerd there is. Is there anything yeah. that you might you might want to shatter the illusion? Um, there's nothing wrong with being a nerd at all, but is there anything I that you think, think being like, a nerd is I'm cool. really into this, but people might not be aware of it type thing? Is there anything that you're really into that you're like, oh, People might not be aware of this, but I really like X or really like Z. I love, fuck, I love sci-fi so much. Yeah, <laughs> I love space shit. I love physics and shit like that. Okay, <laughs> um, and I love the Marvel top films. I love top Marvel films. Uh, top films, Interstellar, like sci-fi films, Interstellar, Interstellar and film. The Matrix. Matrix is good. Favorite films, uh, and I love Arsenal Football Club. I'm a big <laughs> Arsenal fan. <laughs> Why are you laughing? No, no, oh, no, no, no reason. Someone's got to be, haven't they? Someone's got to yeah. be. Um, it was good to know because then if you've got fans, like uh, yeah, fans are coming to your show now, if anybody listens to this, you might now get number one, free Arsenal, Arsenal memorabilia. Somebody might be giving you some signed frame from like any sort of sci-fi films. They might be giving you like, you know, like if, if, now that they know that you're interested in it, 
And so, like we said, it's middle of January now. What's going to be uh, what's going to be the next big event or the big step for Sammy Virgie? Um, I've got I've, I'm sitting on so much music, so I think this year is going to be a massive year for releasing music. I've got a list here. He has for anybody that's listening to and it. That's, there's at that's least like half, that's like half of the tunes. So. There's at least what's that's that's about fifteen there. There's at least fifteen yeah. tunes there yeah. on that list. Yeah. And it's 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 not it's not going to be an album. Yeah, I think okay. but it's going to be worth as much as an album this okay. year. So just there's, there's going to be lots of music. Just because I've seen it, like the list there physically in person. Are some of those working titles, or like, how would you like? Oh no, yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I just so you know, I can't see the titles. But what I was going to ask is, how it's, do you sort of go around choosing the title of a track? Because you saw obviously a lot of stuff written down there, and you know, some people might have like project one or project two or like yeah. working project type thing saved on their computer. I was interested to know what you've written down for some of the some yeah, of the one stuff. Of them, one of them was like. <laughs> Bumpy, bumpy guitar boy. Like I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna call nah, the you've tune. Got you've got it now. B O I. It's got to be bumpy guitar boy. I honestly, I really be. struggle for tune names. Like for on that EP, one of the tunes was called Blue Roll, mm. and I just I asked Yemi one day, like I don't know what to call this tune, and um, he was like, Yeah, it sounds sounds kind of rough, like when you're wiping your ass too hard. And he's like, why don't you call it Blue Roll? I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> so that's why it's, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, that's, why it's called, I'm, <laughs> that's why it's called Blue Roll. <laughs> why Blue? What am I not getting it's, there? You know, blue? like the Blue Roll that's really rough. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Blue, like, like in kitchens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you yeah like industrial, in, yeah, industrial industri- kitchens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why it's called Blue Roll. That tune is called Blue Roll because it's rough. And... That's mad. That's another bit. There's been yeah. a lot of Sammy Virgie trivia on this yeah. uh, episode. I'm going to have to go through and rank, rank it and rate it, but yeah. getting behind the doors um, and I feel there'll be people that are listening that are big fans of you that will now mm. see that tune in a different light. Maybe they'll see it positively, maybe they'll see it negatively. Lovely stuff, mate. Sammy, it's been an absolute pleasure to, uh, to chat to you this evening, mate. Thank it's been great to hear mate. about you. Yeah. Your, uh, your, your roots into the industry, like I said, your family influences, um, hearing about the, uh, the, the highs and the lows of playing out live at sets, hearing about sort of jumping between multi-genre, um, hearing about obviously your, your naming conventions as well. And, um, hearing about sort of, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I feel like there's a lot of Sammy Virgie trivia on this episode <laughs> that people will now be able to take away and go, you know what? I know a little bit more about him. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me, mate. Listen, mate, I've told you once, I've told you twice, you're not on the list. All right, all right.